This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Have you ever tried to get out of something? Maybe you've made a commitment to go to an event and you know five o'clock rolls around, the 30th birthday party is there waiting for you, but right about now, Netflix on the couch with a cup of coffee in a blanket is looking a lot nicer. Maybe there's a particular job that someone's been asking you to do for the past few months and you just keep putting it off. Or maybe you're a teenager and you've got a few chores that you've got to do around the home and ugh, they're chores, so you just don't want to do it. You want to get out of doing that job. I reckon I was the king of doing this as a teenager. You see, at first glance, I may have been the ideal son. I was an elder sibling, so after all, I had to make sure that I set the bar really high for my younger brother, Ruben. And I would always say yes to my parents. If they asked me, Adam, could you unpack the dishwasher? Adam, could you mow the lawn? Adam, could you do the washing? I would always say yes. And to them, they would think, oh, great. He's doing everything. Everything's getting done. But when things went on, they soon started to realize that I was really good at saying yes, but I wasn't great at following through. I was really good at trying to talk my way out of it. So if mum or dad walked in, there was dirty dishes all around the kitchen and they'd say, Adam, you were meant to pack the dishwasher. I'd simply say something like, oh, well, you know, I've I've been out this week. It's it's mainly my brother's dishes. You know, maybe he should do it. Or if I made a commitment to mow the lawn on Saturday and Saturday rolls around, Sunday comes around, Monday comes around and dad would say, Adam, You said that you would mow the lawn on Saturday. I'd simply look to dad and say, well, I never technically specified which Saturday. Maybe I would have had a career as a lawyer, but here we are today. You see, I think as humans, we like to get out of things sometimes. We like to take the route of the most convenience, the easiest path out, the path where we don't have to do too much thinking and where we can always feel comfortable. You see, the funny thing about this is, though, is that we find loopholes all the time. Just over a week ago, we had a five-kilometer rule. Did that mean that you couldn't see someone more than five kilometers away? Technically, yes, but technically, if your bubble's intersected, you could still see each other. You don't have an internet streaming account to watch a TV show, but your friend has a stand login that means that you now have a stand login. There's a bunch of inventions that have been made in history, things like the wheel, the dishwasher, the iPhone, the person who made sliced bread, all incredible things that have made our lives easier, things that as humans that exist to make things more convenient. There's a story in the Bible where there's some experts of the law, some some teachers who know the old scriptures really, really well, and they test Jesus and they try and find a specific loophole to get out of doing something. We're going to listen to the Bible reading now. See if you can spot where they try and find a loophole. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. 
and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be walking down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levi, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to the to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of a robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Did you hear it? When one of the religious experts asked Jesus how they inherit eternal life, Jesus came back at them and said, well, what do the scriptures say? And they came back at Jesus again saying, well, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. This is where the loophole comes in. This is where they try and figure out the easy way out, the most convenient thing when they ask Jesus, well, who is my neighbour? You see, it's, um, it's a lot easier to love your neighbour when it's a smaller group of people. It's a lot easier to love your neighbour when you can choose who your neighbours are. It's easy to love the friendly barista or your small group than loving someone who's far away. Jesus comes at this by telling them a story, a parable. It starts with a man. We can presume this man is Jewish, the same as the religious leaders of the time, walking down a road. And it was a well-known road, a road known to be quite dangerous. Unusual for someone to be tackling this road alone because it's, it's meant to be really dangerous. And so what happens is the guy is beaten and robbed and left to die, essentially hopeless. Teachers of the law are thinking at this stage, great, surely a hero is going to come past and help this man. And next, Jesus says, along walks a priest or a pastor in our language. And I reckon the teachers of the law are thinking at this stage, great, the hero of the story has come in. But the pastor sees the man, takes one look, crosses to the other side and, and keeps walking. Next, a Levite comes along. Now, a Levite is someone who is heavily involved at church. If there was someone in our context here, they're a key volunteer who, you know, shakes your hand on the way into the service, gives you a high five on the way out, all while giving you a coffee, signing up to a small group and making sure you're registered for an event. They're the volunteer team who just gets things done. Teachers of the law would be thinking at this stage, great, that's, that's the moral of this story. It's if I can be that, if I can be helping at church, That is how I can inherit eternal life. But again, the Levite takes one look, crosses to the other side of the road and keeps on walking. 
Next, the Samaritan rocks up. And I want to take a break just here and talk about what it meant to be a Samaritan back in the context of the Bible. You see, the Jewish people and Samaritans didn't get on it at all. There was a lot of tension there. So the problem is when we hear good Samaritan today, we think good person, someone who's going out to help. You see, it's so ingrained in our culture that we even have a law called the Good Samaritan Law. That means if you do CPR or give first aid to someone and something goes wrong and they end up getting hurt by it, you are legally safe because you're being a good Samaritan. You're being a good bloke and helping them out. So I want to take that frame away from us. And I don't want us to think about the Good Samaritan, but rather the Samaritan who happened to be good. Or in modern day, maybe the terrorist who happened to be good. Someone who is culturally opposed to us. The last person that the teachers of the law would expect to help. This unlikely hero comes along, helps up this poor man, puts him on his own donkey and walks him to an inn. And he says to the inn, I'm going to pay for this man and I will return and pay any other debts. Then Jesus does a bit of a backflip and doesn't actually answer the question to the teachers of the law, but poses another question. Which of these men were shown to be a neighbor? I can imagine the teachers of the law standing there with Samaritan on the edge of their lips, just going, well, it was the, it was the, it was the one who showed mercy. Couldn't even get themselves to say Samaritan. See, Jesus changes the question of who is my neighbor to the call of being a neighbor. Neighbor is not the question. It is the answer. Being a neighbor is not the question. It's the answer. Let's not ask who our neighbor is, but rather let's be a neighbor the one the world needs. You see, in this story, the thing that really stands out to me is that the two first people, the people with the badge of being church people, were the ones that walked away. Isn't it funny that sometimes it's easier to go to church than to be the church? It's easier to sit in a pew than help someone on your way there. You know, more than ever, potentially for our entire lives and the lives of our grandkids, loving your neighbor and being a neighbor is more inconvenient at this time during the pandemic than any other time. But I think we need to ask ourselves as Christians, how can we not just go to church, but how can we be the church? In the research for this message, I came across quite a confronting video. It's from a church in the States called Shirley Parish Church, and they did a little experiment. They had two actors dress up, head to the middle of a busy street in the city, and quite dramatically and visible to everyone around them, fall over and pretend to hurt themselves. The first man walked out, he was wearing a suit, he had a briefcase on, slicked back hair, looked like he was an important person, and almost before he even landed, everyone who could see him was there to help. And then in the next video, a man walked out, who wasn't wearing shoes, 
who wasn't well-groomed, had a scruffy beard and raggedy clothes on. And he did the same thing, was quite dramatic, fell over in front of people. And then the video just continued and continued as people walked past. The thing that I find confronting about this video is I can really easily picture myself jumping and helping in that first situation. But if I'm being truthful with myself and being honest, I don't know where I would sit in that second situation. It's easier to go to church than to be the church. The good news, New Hope, is that there is someone that we can learn from, someone who's come before, who has been a good Samaritan to all of us. You see, Jesus came. He was a cultural outcast at the time. He paid the ultimate price for us, promising to return for our sins. See, church, if we are not afraid to bear the burden and give and sacrifice and do whatever we can in Jesus' name to help people, then Jesus will return and he will repay our debts for us. See, that day Jesus revealed a problem to the teachers of the law with their hearts. See, they thought that they could love God with all their heart, soul, mind and strength but have a limited love for their neighbours. The problem with that is when you're putting a cap on that love, you're putting the cap on the love that God has given to us. You see, if we're truly loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, with our entire being, loving our neighbour, being a neighbour will be an overflow of that. Are you putting a cap on the love to your neighbours? Would you love your neighbour if they voted for the Liberals or if they voted for the Greens or the Labour Party? Could you love your neighbour if it was Scott Morrison? Could you be a neighbour to Daniel Andrews? You see, there's a call on us to be neighbours to all. You see, regardless of our differences, regardless of our politics, our beliefs, our backgrounds, our pigments or our location, what Jesus is calling us to is massive. Imagine if we as a church didn't ask who our neighbours were, but were neighbours to all. I have a challenge for us today. I want you to grab out your phones, head to the Reminders app and put a reminder in, be a neighbour. And set it to remind you every day, say at five o'clock, to be a neighbour. You know, it's been difficult the past few weeks to go and see people, but our radius has increased now and now we can go drop off the care package to someone who lives a bit further away. Now we can go for a walk with someone who we haven't really spoken to during this season. We can restart that conversation about faith that we put on the back burner. We can help out in the community where we couldn't help out before. So every day this week at five o'clock, let's be a neighbor. 
See, God has blessed us with his love and it's love with overflow. Let's not put a cap on that. Neighbor is not the question. It's the answer. How will you be a neighbor this week?